0: so, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode.
1: What's up, insiders? Thanks What's for joining up, us players? today. I am senior veteran coach Aaron Darty, US Navy veteran. I am joined today here by coach Jeremy Cole. Thank you for joining us. Today we will be talking about DBQs. Before we get into the DBQ process and and the different aspects of the DBQ, just kinda wanna see where everybody is dialing in from. So I am currently calling in from Austin, Texas. If you guys wouldn't mind, guys and gals wouldn't mind going ahead and, and posting in the chat where you're dialing in from, your branch and years of service, we would love to give you all some recognition here. Jeremy, while we wait for some comments to come up, you wanna tell everybody what branch you were in?
0: Sure, yeah, I'm a 24 year veteran of the United States Army Airborne Ranger Combat Engineer. All right, and I am currently uh, calling in from near Santa Fe, New Mexico.
1: Nice, now I-, I don't know who it is, but I see Kansas City, Missouri up there, home of the no. Chiefs, I love it. Um, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, big Chiefs fan. So there we go, man, I'm waiting for that that season to start. Wisconsin, all right. Zappers <laughs> all the way. <laughs> right on. There we go. Someone else on the road, Air Force, 30 years. U.S. Army, 17 years. Rick, U.S. Marine Corps, 92 to 96. Thanks for joining us, brother. John, U.S. Marine Corps, Troy, Ohio. Nice. <laughs> Vivian, nine and a half years in the Air Force. Thank you all for this. Cool. Thank Love you for seeing service. this. Yep. All right, we got Jessica. She was Army Combat MP, 10th Mountain from Georgia. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. Jimmy Steele, Houston, Texas, Army Combat Vet. There we go. Nathan, U.S. Army. Got more Oklahoma representing in here. Navy, I'm not alone. Dean, thank you for your (laughs) service, brother. Welcome home. Dean's in here too. So someone else knows what it's like to give everybody else rides. (laughs) (laughs) Daryl, Tampa, Florida, 25 years, Air Force. Thanks for joining us. Chris, U S Navy, five and a half years. Awesome. All right. My Navy guys, guys are coming out of the woodwork. Where are the rest of us at? I know there's gotta be more, more of us Navy personnel in here.
0: I was digging the Sappers comment there. That was pretty awesome. So, there we go. Nice. Sappers Love it. Them. Right
1: on. I used to be a Sapper leader course instructor, so I get it. Sherwin, sure U.S. Army, eight years. Thanks for your service. Bro. Thanks, brother. Dave, Austin. I feel like that we got lots of Marines in here today. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah john navy 76 to 02 living the dream in japan man it's a a long time of service brother yep got edward from virginia air force 21 years sylvia white 84 to uh, 2004 army retired thank you for your service sylvia all right really love seeing this you guys thank you so much for dialing in telling us where you guys are are calling in from um -hmm. love seeing all the different branches in here today this is this is why i love serving aj army 26 years nice wow right on jimmy in texas eight and a half years two purple hearts (laughs) dang jimmy thank you brother thank you all right robert garcia army east chicago oh man eat some pizza for me robert that's right kevin mcguire navy 87 to 92 living in ukraine ah man (laughs) hey thanks for joining us today love helping out fellow brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. that served Chris, Navy, 86 to 91. More Texas folks in here. All right. Texas, great veteran state. Sure is. One Mm -hmm. of the big reasons I relocated here. Right. Yeah. All right. U.S. Air Force, 2003, 2012, OEF vet. Mm -hmm. Austin, Texas is home now. It's home to me, too. Right on. All right. Keep dialing in, folks. Love it. All right, so today Jeremy and I are gonna talk about DBQ's Disability Benefits Questionnaires. So yeah, for those of you that do not know what Disability Benefits Questionnaires are, um, and when we submit claims and go to the C&P exams, those examiners are filling out DBQ's and sending it over to the VA Raider for the VA Raider to make a decision on our claim. All right, so it's not just VA employees as a Jeremy.
0: No, it's definitely not uh, just VA employees. It's, it's also positions. You can even fill them out yourself, and we'll get into talking about that here in a second, though.
1: I don't advise that, though. <laughs> I do advise having <laughs> no, you a position can. to I'm just, your DBQ. <laughs> not, a, not a good idea. All right. Let
0: the professionals handle it, okay?
1: Right. Uh, um, yeah. So disabilities benefits questionnaires are the forms that they fill out for each of our conditions that we submit claims for um, the VA did put those forward facing at the beginning of the year back onto their website. So they took them down for the longest time. They were only available for the, you know, the CNP examiners to complete VA employee uh, VA doctors. Um, now they're forward facing. So your private physicians can fill those out now. That's what I love about them. Um, you know, it, I get care at the VA, I get care out in town. Um, You know, there's things that I know some of my VA doctors will not do and some of them do not fill out DBQs just like some civilian doctors don't fill out DBQs. (laughs) And so, um, you know, it is an option for us though. Um, You know, this is where I'd say, you know, the DBQ is the form that guides the physician during the examination to record all the information that's needed to be able to present to the rater so that the rater can make the decision on our claim. you know when you look at the va's website all these dbqs are listed um some of them are you know general conditions and some of them are very specific um you know and they claim that there's a list of i want to say uh, gosh like 70 dbq forms available um for veterans to be able to to go print off and take to their providers to see if they can get those filled out. So, um, you know, again, VA, va.gov, all of those are readily available. Jeremy, have you ever used a DBQ for, for a claim before? I have, I've uh, had veterans do
0: it and it's, it can be a little confusing at times because it's not gonna be labeled headaches. It's not gonna be some diagnosis that's real simple. A lot of times it's, it's under a specific, you know, actual rating. Uh, And you're gonna have to look for a key word sometimes. Your coach can help you do that. We can help you do that. Uh, VA Claims Insider can help you find the DBQ for like neurological, uh, for PTSD. There are tons of DBQs out there for different portions of the body and for mental health. Uh, And that can be kind of hard to navigate. That's what I've noticed. Um, But once you get out there and dig, you'll find it. You'll figure it out. Just do a little bit of legwork on it. You can find the right DBQ uh, to get filled out by a physician, hopefully
1: you know and the one thing about DBQs is that it's not necessary to submit with your claim um if you have the ability to get it awesome um, but know that the an independent DBQ is not necessary to submit with your claim although it can help you achieve the favorable dis- uh, disability rating that you're looking for based on the CFR 38 right mm-hmm. um, and, and this is where you know DBQs Jeremy you know as you said they can be very confusing right um, they don't always you know just lay it out like hey here's the condition here's the symptoms you know what's your what's your reasoning here behind this and so you know there there can be a lot of questions in DBQs that are not not relevant um, to the provider that's filling it out for you. And you know, so there may be questions on your DBQs that don't get completed. Um, you know, One of the big things on DBQs is to make sure that your physician fills out the portion at the very end with all of their information on it, right? License number, contact information. Um, sometimes the VA does need to verify this, th- this information. It's part of their duty to assist, right? They want to make sure that this is a legit form that's been submitted. Um, as you said, Jeremy, right? Like veterans can fill these out too. Um, yep. <laughs> 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 Careful. <laughs> yep, so there's that question right there, right? Can independent examiners complete a DBQ? Yes, yes. Um, they, so the VA did allow that starting back up at the beginning of the year. Um, Ford face and DBQs are readily available on their website. You can go in there, print those off, take them into your private provider, ask them if they're willing to. Um, you know, this is where I, I, I like civilian providers. Um, you know, when you're asking for certain things from the VA, they may not be willing to take care of it. But you know, when I've gone to civilians and said, "Hey, I have this form that I need filled out," they charge me. You know whatever their fee is to fill the form out. And you know they'll review everything, get it taken care of. Um, and, and so we can utilize those. Um, Kevin, does Telehealth fill them out? So I, I think you're referring to the company that we partner with, Telemedica. Telemedica has done DBQs in the past, although, you know, with the new regulations with the VA, um, they have not started doing DBQs just yet again. Um, So, you know, when the VA released um, the regulation to have forward facing DBQs back on their website at the beginning of the year, you know, there was um, some concern that if you submitted a DBQ right away, how it would be handled because the VA had a specific timeframe. It was like six months to be able to make a decision on what they were gonna do with uh, with the decision to have those forward facing again. So they did put those back up. Um, we can utilize those. Um, and so in the interim, Telemedica has held off on completing those.
0: You know, I, I think I noticed too, Aaron, that even though they held off on them, the IMOs they produce kind of run hand in hand with the DBQ questionnaire. Like they designed it to streamline. The Telemedica professionals are really good at what they do and they've streamlined those IMOs to where they, You know kind of match up with what the va will be looking for anyway so they really help out quite a bit um, with that even though it's not a dbq per se the imo is very i think similar in question in the way they answer and they provide diagnosis for you
1: yeah and it's interesting that you say that Jeremy. i had a client that recently told me that when they went to their cnp exam the examiner was like this is a very interesting document that you have here it's very similar to to our dbq that we utilize Mm -hmm. And so again, right? Like Telemedica, they do complete their independent medical opinion and not the DBQ, but it does mirror the DBQ, which allows the you know examiner and the VA rater to easily go in there and identify you know the the claimed condition and the symptoms to go along with it for the rating. So, can and will VA mental health doctors fill out DBQs, Rob? That is a great question Um, and and this is where I'd say each provider is gonna tell you yes or no Um, some providers are more willing to and some aren't kind of like any any other aspect of any you know anything that we utilize in terms of services some people are willing to go above and beyond and some people will utilize the fact that you know they're a VA employee that those are for benefits purposes and that they're not going to get involved so you know if you do have a VA provider you can always ask them if they're willing to fill it out if not you know, that's where I'd say, ensure that they're documenting all of your symptoms for you. Um, you, know, go by, you know, go off the DBQ, look at what the VA's trying to, you know, you're going to rate that disability based off of and ensure that you're getting your symptoms documented with your provider. This is where I'd also say, if you have a civilian provider, they may be willing to fill this out for you too. And, and they may not.
0: Yep. And a lot of times the civilian provider, just their notes alone will cover some of the information that DBQs, they may not feel it necessary. To fill out a DBQ because they think their notes and their exam notes actually cover that information. So that's why they will fill out a DBQ.
1: Yep, and, and so a lot of our providers do take you know detailed and extensive notes every every appointment that we go in for. And so you know they think that their stuff's good to go and that they don't need to fill out that that extra documentation. Dean raised a great question here: which carries the most weight, the DBQ or the Nexus? Dean, you you asked a loaded question. They are two separate <laughs> things. Yep. The disability benefits questionnaires, what the C&P examiner is filling out to complete when we go to the C&P exam so that they document all of our symptoms so that the rater can make the decision. A nexus is a link between our current diagnosis and our time in service or service connected condition. Right. So two separate things. Um, you know, one thing I will say is that there is a section uh, on the DBQs where your provider can go in and do remarks. Um, in there, those providers can go in and write a, a nexus statement um, and help support your claim. So, just know that that can be done. All right. Right. So, if I get a DBQ from a provider, private provider, how will that weigh against the DBQ produced by the VA? All right, Jeremy, you want to take this one?
0: Yeah. So that private provider's opinion counts as long as they're you know a doctor and they're actually a licensed professional providing that. Um, so, yeah, well, they fill out another DDQ for you, potentially, if they need to, based upon, you know, the trust between that, that MD or that doctor who's actually evaluating you prior to your C&P exam. But the, you know, most of the weight will fall on that C&P examiner's evaluation of you at the time. Uh, and we've seen cases where, you know, sometimes a CNP examiner will take the, the, that medical professional or psychiatric professional's opinion, and sometimes they won't. Um, but there's a process for that as well. Should they not take that into account? Okay. Uh, I don't know, Aaron, you want to add anything to that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, here's the reality, right? Your DBQ that you have from a private uh, physician is your current medical evidence that you're submitting with your claim. So, so those are all your current documented symptoms. So that's the evidence, right? Like that's the stuff that when we get those decision letters, we need to make sure that they looked at those at the evidence that was submitted with the claim to be able to properly weigh that decision. Um, You know, and if, if things didn't go your way, you didn't get the, the rating that you were hoping for. That's where I'd say, you know, there is recourse and that's a whole Whole another um, Facebook Live <laughs> Wednesday topic right there. So um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, and and this is where I'd say right DBQs the the, the beauty of the DBQ is that it, it provides a current diagnosis. There's past and current medications that have been used for the condition that are documented. They have findings, signs, and symptoms. They also have the functional impairment uh, impact of the condition that's documented there. So. You know the criteria that's needed to be able to rate disabilities based on the CFR 38. So, you know all your your relevant information's in there when you're submitting that claim. Um, and so, you know, realistically, when you submit a DBQ, you know there is a chance that it could potentially bypass the CMP exam. Um, you know how often that happens uh, I would say it's pretty rare um, you know it, it, they the VA when we submit claims even though all of our evidence is there and squared away they do bring us in for those exams so um, you know even though you submit a DBQ don't be surprised if they do bring you in for a cnp and p exam still and have the C&P examiner complete their own DBQ do you need a DBQ through
0: your provider for a percentage increase for anxiety I have 30% for anxiety You don't necessarily need a DBQ for that, again, your provider could provide you with uh, any kind of statement that's, you know, signed and has their information on it. uh, And it could be just their notes or diagnosis information on you that you can provide. Okay, the CNP examiner will use uh, that DBQ most often. Um, And like Aaron said, there's that rare, you know, unicorn incident where we have enough information, they don't even do a CNP, but that's very rare. Uh, Your provider can use a DBQ or they can again provide their own notes and diagnosis information via you know how they do things okay Um, so it's not necessary per se would it help probably yeah I think it would definitely streamline that process
1: all right chiropractor okay so this is where you know the Mm -hmm. VA does say that realistically um, you know DBQ can be completed you know um, by a civilian provider, it does not say, you know, the type of provider, but it's best to have a physician complete the DBQ. I know that the VA has not always taken as much weight from chiropractors as they do actual licensed doctors that, um, that specialize in those fields. So with that, what I would say is if you can get like even a primary care doctor, orthopedic provider, somebody to fill that out for you, um that's that's highly recommended that way your dbq holds more weight when you submit it yes there is a dbq for cardiovascular problems um so on the va's website you can go on there and look They have a complete list. Um, I'm actually on the VA's website right now and cardiovascular is the first um, section of DBQs listed on their website. So they have artery and vein, heart and hypertension. So again, where where Jeremy had mentioned before, not all of these are specific towards the, the one condition. It can encompass multiple conditions on that DBQ. And so some of the information on those forms may not be relevant to your claimed condition.
0: Yeah. And there's also a uh, VA Claims Insider website has the DBQs
1: under our DBQ link. Uh, and I think we already provided that, but I'm not sure. So. All right. So, your private provider will not complete the Nexus letter. Where can you find a doctor in the Fort Worth, Dallas area to do that? Um, so. Some doctors just won't write nexus statements. Um, I used to work at a VA facility and we met with one of the chiefs of primary care at one point because we were asking them at the time, like, hey, why don't you guys get involved in VA benefits? And the provider said that they're there to provide us with preventative health care that when we go in and start talking about benefits, that it diminishes that patient doctor um, relationship. And so they don't like trying to go in there and write a nexus statement for somebody that they just started treating that got out of the service 20 years ago and there's no evidence of treatment over the past 20 years. So some doctors, you know, VA or civilian may not wanna touch that. Um, that's where I would tell you, if you have a coach link with your coach, um, you know, telemedica, I know they posted the link in the chat telemedica can potentially write a nexus statement for you if if needed. So again, if you need a strategy and you're not signed up link with a coach and they can get you squared away with that. Alright, so want to talk to one of our coaches? Yes. So here we go. This is awesome information, Jeremy. I've been on a yep. lot of these calls lately, I've talked oh, to yeah. a lot of clients, educating <laughs> them on the benefits process and what needs to be done. So you can schedule a free 30 minute strat session um, by going to vacifree30.com. Um, yep. And that will link you with one of our veteran coaches. It'll give you 30 minutes with them to be able to talk about how we can potentially help you with your claims process.
0: Yeah. And those those are just awesome because, you know, if you're not sure about working with us, those are a great way to that get around, uh and give you some reassurance that what we're doing is tr- we're trying to do the best we can to help our veterans with their VA claims. We'll just give you a wealth of knowledge in that phone call in that 30 minutes. You will realize that working with VACI is the right to get a claim done.
1: Yeah. It, it had a lot of great conversations on those calls outside of, of our current clients. So I, I I really appreciate those, those free 30 minutes chat sessions. So if you're looking mm-hmm. to talk to a coach, get some additional information, go ahead and sign up um, and you'll get that free 30 minute session. You know, and, and Jeremy, there's some, some weird times that your doctor may record some inaccurate information on these DVQs, right?
0: Yeah. And you know, when you, they do that, if you see something you think's inaccurate, um, If you have medical evidence to the contrary or test results that contradict that, you're going to need to provide that uh, to the VA, you know, stating that, hey, I think the doctor that did this DBQ was incorrect, I have medical evidence and I have test results that say otherwise, you know, and then they'll they'll take that and they'll obviously adjudicate or judge based upon that medical information, okay? So if there is wrong information on your DBQ or you felt you got slighted in some kind of way in that DBQ misinformation. Just make sure that you have medical evidence that actually backs up the statement that you're saying.
1: Yeah, and Jeremy, this is where I always say too, right? Like we're veterans. Attention to detail. Um, yeah. So, if your provider fills out a DBQ, one of the things that you should be doing as soon as you receive that is going through that thing with a fine tooth comb. Oh, you and yeah. verify that thing for accuracy. Ensure that all your symptoms were properly documented. Right. So, again, ensuring that that nothing on that document is incorrect. So, you know, if there is something that's incorrect, before you submit it to the VA, <laughs> and and can't take <laughs> your medical evidence back from them. You know, try to see what you can do about getting your provider to, um, you know, fix that for you, update the the DBQ. That way, when you submit it to the VA, it's, it's with current and accurate information. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So if you all have questions about DBQs, we would love to answer them. So Edward, does a nexus from a CNP provider carry more weight than a nexus from, from a private certified provider? So here's the thing, your current medical evidence that you submit is your evidence, right? So that's what you have. Um, and, and this is where we were kind of touching briefly on, you know, if you do not get the rating that you were looking for, because when we go into CNP exams, if we forget to talk about symptoms, that rater can't check those boxes on that form, right, Jeremy? I mean, that's the yeah. downside to a DBQ um, exactly. C&P exam. Um, I don't know how many times I've gone into an exam and, for, you know, been like, Oh, I'm, I got a whole list of things to talk about. And I <laughs> skip over several of my symptoms, I get the rating back and they're like, Oh, to qualify for the higher rating, you need these symptoms. And I'm like, I have you. Yep, yep. So, you know, this is where again, preparing for your CNP exam is important, right? To make cool. sure that you've got all your symptoms documented. Um, because in the event that you don't get everything documented again, there are ways to appeal those decisions and utilize the evidence that you submitted Edward.
0: Exactly. HLR supplemental claim, you know, whatever you need to do to appeal based upon, you know, if they deny you, they'll send you a denial letter. We'll find out why they denied it. And then we'll go from there deciding the next best course to uh, appeal that process.
1: You touched on something extremely important there, Jeremy. Um, Every time I've ever gotten a denial letter, I think I I don't get past the (laughs) service connection for this condition is denied section of the the document, right? But the the really important part is in the narrative where they do break down those favorable findings for us. And so, you know, that's again, where you can link up and and get those, those gaps filled. So, you know, and depending on what was in your DBQ, if you had those gaps, that's where again, Appeals Modernization Act, you can appeal those and, and, and call them out on the errors and th- findings that they missed in the evidence that you submitted.
0: Yeah, they literally give you the ammo you need, you know, to go back into combat, if you will, uh, with the VA inside that letter. Don't be mad at the top when it says not service connected. Like, like, like Aaron said, it's detailing why and the things they did take into account and what they didn't take into account. And you can actually use a DBQ and fill
1: in those blank spaces, if you will. and and speaking of ammo right dbqs help prepare you to speak to your symptoms Mm -hmm. um which is something at vaci your coach will tell you all the time right be uncomfortably vulnerable be honest about what it is that you're dealing with um you know i i normalize my symptoms for a lot of my conditions uh you know i i need to go to the doctor and i don't because i'm like oh who wants to go to sit call right so we normalize (laughs) these symptoms but going through the dbq will help us understand what symptoms the va is looking for to be able to rate the condition. So we know if we're experiencing that that symptom, instead of just sucking it up and carrying on, we can go to our doctor and be like, Hey, this is something I've been dealing with, set yourself up for success, right? Like, I, I, I advise my clients to go through these DBQs, look through them, see, you know, especially before CNP exams, right? See what the provider should be asking you prepare yourself for that so that you're ready to respond.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when you say be uncomfortably vulnerable, I just, I try to sit back and remember my CNP exam, especially for like mental health. You know, we can't stress enough that you need to express, you know, any discomfort you have, whether mentally or physically, to that provider. And going through the DBQ, you're literally looking at some of the questions they're going to ask you. So it's like studying for a test right you are being tested and this is the big game this is it right when you're going to the cnp exam so wouldn't you want to be the most prepared you can before you go into that exam so grab the dbq for what you're being diagnosed for what you're going to the cnp exam for and study it and know you know the questions they're going to ask and you can be the most prepared you can be
1: Jeremy, I just now realized why you advanced in your career so much um, <laughs> studying before before a, an exam for advancement. Is that I something know.
0: I mean, uh, right?
1: like, that's something that, that some <laughs> of us forget to do before our examinations, right. And, and that's where I love the DBQ, because the DBQ really does kind of outline where we need to make sure that we're hitting on our symptoms. So, um, you know, lots of really good information available in the DBQs. Um, you know, this is where you know, if you're going in for physical conditions um musculoskeletal conditions you know you'll see the range of motion <laughs> section that you won't see on like a mental health exam mm-hmm. or, or like for a heart condition so you know again there the dbqs have a lot of different information based on the condition
0: sure
1: all right so can i take notes into the cnp exam so i don't leave things out please yes please. and thank you <laughs> that question all the time yes absolutely <laughs> Um, you recommend that Jeremy uh,
0: so I know for me personally you know with the mental health claim that I had I mean um, yeah I've got TBI PTSD I forget things so if even if the CNP examiner is like why are you bringing notes in here be like look man I I can't remember what I did yesterday okay Uh, and that's actually a mental health symptom so how about I take notes because I wanted to tell you what I have going on on my worst day so that I can express that to you and that's why I took these notes um, and that's just, that's one of the things you can tell them, you know, you're just forgetful and you want to take these notes down uh, and you even want to take notes during the c exam. It shows that you're interested in your treatment and you're interested in what the examiner is saying to you.
1: You know, not just notes, though. Right. Like, uh, you know, when it comes to the notes, it's not about just forgetting things. It's to make sure that we have touched on everything. So I'm I'm the type of person that if I'm going down my notes during an exam, I want to make that mm-hmm. check mark, Right. Yep. Know that I've talked about that symptom because I've gone into a, a, an appointment with the VA before with a, a long laundry list of items to talk about. And, you know, I get halfway through my list and we get sidetracked. So, you know, Jeremy, that's where my mental health comes into play. I I'm like you know, I'm like a dog. I, you know, I see a squirrel and I'm like, ooh, hey. So, you know, at my mental health exam, you know, when I, w- I had notes with me and I'm talking about my symptoms, and then I get fixated on a symptom that I think is the worst for myself. Oh, and yeah. I forget to talk about those other symptoms. So notes, please. Yes. Yes.
0: So notes can keep you on track, is what we're saying.
1: Danny, you said the only question that you ha- you were asked at your CNP was why you thought you had PTSD. That's an interesting situation. There's some ways that you can potentially, um, you know, report that to the VA. I I never knew about reporting bad C&P exams to the VA, um, and there are definitely ways to do that. So if you don't have a coach, link with your coach, they can get you squared away with that. Um, You know, realistically, one thing that they're trying to do too is figure out how the diagnosis was established, right? So they're trying to verify your in-service stressor with that. Um, so part of that is, is trying to verify that. And then, you know, afterwards, you know, the CNP examiners don't poke and prod. That's one thing that I I think a lot of people don't understand too. Um, you know, I, have never truly had a CNP examiner that's been like, well, do you have this symptom too?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They want you to express it to them, right? They want you to talk about your symptoms. Um, don't diagnose yourself, just your symptoms. Okay. Talk about how it affects you. Um, and that's, that's, I think is one of the big things is you know, what has this done to my life, my employability, my social life, right? That's what they want to know, all right? Because that's that's what we're seeking here, compensation and pension for your lifestyle, how it, it's been impacted, okay?
1: Definitely. So, yeah.
0: I opened up like a can of worms during my PTSD exam, so it is what it is.
1: Yep, so so that that's one of those where I'd say they're try, probably trying to verify your stressor, and after they did, it, it's up to you to be able to open up. All right. So um, and, and this is, again, where as coaches, we preach being uncomfortably vulnerable here. Oh, yeah. um, and as vets, we know that it is easier said than done. Oh, yeah. We are
0: very, very proud, proud group of people.
1: Yep. All right, Don. So in my e-benefits, a DBQ review was done on 7 What does that mean? Um, if you had a CNP and p exam prior to that, that could have been uh, internal VA communication, um, letting them know that they were reviewing the DBQ um, before making a, a determination on your claim. Or if you submitted a DBQ, um, you know, that's also where at CNP exams, we may not be brought in for an actual in-person examination. Um, They may do what's called an acceptable clinical evidence exam, an ACE exam, where they just review the evidence that we submit so they could have reviewed that. Hopefully that, you know, based on one of those scenarios, um, it answered your question.
0: Man, Aaron, you are so smart. You
1: must've worked at the VA before. (laughs) Um, A time or two. (laughs) All right. So, Danny, I called the VA and complained and they did a higher level review and still denied. Um, and so, Danny, with that, what I would tell you is that, you know, depending on what that that higher level review denial came back wet with, you know, there's potentially favorable findings in there. Um, even though we've been denied, you know, in an HLR, there is no limit to how many supplemental claims that we can submit. Um, there you you know it, it used to be a lot easier to open up a denied claim before um I, I always when i used to work at the va i worked for the vietnam veterans of america organization and so you know i talked to a lot of vets that had you know when i'm going through their vbms system i've seen you know handwritten reopen my claim notes on like little napkins and and stationery with their names and, and old addresses on it and we used to be able to do that now it's a supplemental claim so new and relevant medical evidence, Danny. Um hopefully you can get that to be able to reopen that claim. Don't give up, brother. Um as soon as we do, man, that's when the VA wins.
0: Does the CMP examiner have to follow the DBQ questions as they are numbered? I mean, not necessarily. Uh you know, I would think the majority of the time that I've experienced, you know, the CMP exams that I went through, they went down the line. If you will, number by number. Uh, if they choose not to do that, that's that's on them. But generally speaking, uh, I would think, unless you can correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, they would like to go step by step down the DBQ when they do that CNP exam.
1: And that's been my experience in the past. Um, I have had a provider that just based on like an initial question that, you know, based on my response and how, you know, the, the different things that I talked about, they kind of skip down to a different section of the DBQ. Um, so like, you know, for my, my back, I went in for a back exam. and The doctor was asking me about my back. And. I started talking about, you know, numbness and tingling that I was experiencing. And so they went to that section of the DBQ, filled that out, then went back to asking me, you know, their, their normal set questions. So um, yeah, that's where I'd say they don't necessarily have to go number by number, but knowing the questions will help prepare you to see the things that they should be touching on. And if they're not touching on it, those are the things that you should be making sure get spoken about during those examinations. And so you can see there is a, a, a chat up there now. If you need mm-hmm. help with your claim, you can get started for free today at vaclaimsinsider.com forward slash elite dash membership forward slash. So um, if for anybody that's not currently a member, um, you can sign up for free. VA claims insider set up where if you do not win your claim and you get a monetary increase, then we do not bill you for any services rendered. So again, sign up for free, talk to a coach, get squared away, get a good game plan and start moving on your claim. I know I waited on for years on claims. Kathy, one of the best questions I think that anybody could have asked. (laughs) Where can you find DBQs? I'm going to give you a couple of answers here. One of them is on the elite experience portal. If you're a current uh, client, you can go to the elite experience portal and under the templates tab, we do have the complete list of DBQs there. Jeremy, my, I'm sure you can tell us about one of our favorite websites and where they can find it there too though, right?
0: Oh yeah, vaclaimsinsider.com. All right, just type in disability benefits questionnaires. Uh, you know, we'll post that as well, but. Literally on our website, if you go and Google and type in VA Claims Insider DBQ or Disability Benefits Questionnaire, if you want, it will take you to our site. And our site has the link for each of the DBQs uh, that you can use for your VA claim.
1: Um, this is where I'd also say that if you did a Google search for VA DBQ, um, you can go to the VA's website and they do have the complete list of those forward facing DBQs there as well. Um, and so again, that list, that complete list is, is on our elite experience portal too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the elite experience portal has a wealth of information on it. Uh, when you said favorite website, I was like, well, I'm going VA claims insider. That's my favorite website. So, you know, <laughs> (laughs)
1: that was a sarcastic (laughs) (laughs)
0: my bad
1: i I didn't pick up what you're throwing down hey man is a vet i I gotta say va va va.gov man when it works (laughs) it it, it works but when it doesn't man
0: i'm a ranger and a sapper i'm kind of dense sometimes aaron sorry about
1: that (laughs) been blown
0: up a little bit
1: hey man we're we're glad you're here brother it's all good so there we go. They just posted that in the chat for the uh, VA Claims Insider link. Um, can I request to receive a decision by calling the 800 number? Been on preparation for decision status since June 14th to 21. Don, this is where I would tell you if you have submitted all of your evidence and that there is nothing for the VA to to still review. Um, they usually give us 30 days before they, they start moving on those decisions, right? They, they're like, hey, do you have any additional evidence that you want to submit? Here's a 30-day window to submit it. What they do is they put our claims on hold for that 30 days, and when that timeline expires, that's when they start looking at it again. You do have the ability, um, if you know, if you go on VA.gov, you can see there's usually a button there that you can click to have them go ahead and make a decision based on what's been submitted. Um, it's also called the 5103 notice. But yeah, you can prompt them to go ahead and move forward. So,
0: Matt, go ahead. Yeah, sorry about that. Is there a separate DBQ for filing for a PTSD increase versus initial PTSD claim? No, they are, uh, to the best of my knowledge, they are the same form uh, for mental health. Okay. Uh, for exact same
1: form. So they have PTSD, um, DBQs, and then they have separate DBQs for non PTSD mental health diagnoses. Um, and but the DBQ for an increase would be the same as an initial filing. Yep, nothing different about those, right? So, you know, it's all documentation of symptoms, uh, current severity, social and economic impact, um, and and then that's how you know the VA is going to go based off the CFR thirty eight with mental health. Quick question about
0: convalescent claims. I just showed up today that I was awarded temporary one hundred percent, and so. What is your what is your question about that? Um, You know, if you get temporary, obviously, you're not permanent in total. So at any point they can review some information uh, and actually, you know, take back that 100 percent or drop you down. And Aaron, you can correct me maybe help me, you know, describe how that happens.
1: Yeah, so you know when it comes to the temporary 100% for convalescence, right? Like we have the ability to claim that, you know, while we're recovering from a service uh from surgery for a service connected condition or for a hospital, you know, hospital admit uh hospital admit, hospital confinement for more than 21 days, right? So They look at that, um, we can claim that temporary 100% while we're on convalescent leave. Um, What happened, like so when I had back surgery, about four months after my back surgery, the VA brought me in for reevaluation, determined the current level of severity at that time. And that's where, after my convalescent leave expired, that I got the actual final rating based on that current level of severity. So you'll be temporary for a little while. Um, once your convalescent leave, leave expires, you'll go back to whatever rating the VA gave you based on that overall percentage for that disability. All right. So before signing up as an elite member, I went to CMP exam for right shoulder. I had six weeks, I had surgery six weeks before the exam, before going through questions on the DBQ, the examiner jumped to asking if and when I had surgery, he stopped the exam because the surgery was so recent. Um, So, (laughs) this is where, you know, with my surgery, they had to wait so many months after the surgery to truly capture my current range of motion. Um, You know, if, if I went in and had surgery, you know, like a week or two after, you know, went into a C&P exam a week or two after a surgery, it's really challenging for the VA to be able to determine your current level of severity based on that. Um, so mm-hmm. their, the, the examiner stopped that potentially because they said that they needed to go ahead and wait a little bit longer to evaluate you. And it can be frustrating because when we go to those exams, um, you know, especially for certain conditions like that, it's not easy to get up and get out after surgery. Um, so I, I apologize that you had to go through that experience. I would, I would recommend calling the VA to get some additional information from them, um, let them know that that's, that's what happened. All right, so it has been a pleasure being here with y'all today. Thank you for joining us on this amazing Wednesday. Um, if y'all wanna talk to any of our coaches, again, please schedule a free 30-minute strategy session by going to vacifree30.com. Um, you know, I, I know it looks like we lost Jeremy, some potential uh, connection issues, but I wanna thank Jeremy for joining me today. Again, thank you all of you for being here. Um, we've got eric and aaron on our marketing team that helped make this facebook live possible so i really want to thank them they've been working this on the back end keeping these comments going on the the screen so that we can answer all those questions for y'all so eric and aaron thank you both so much appreciate all your efforts insiders have a great rest of the day enjoy your week bye